Hi, thank you to listen to our last episode and welcome to our sixth Simply Medics episode. Now live on Spotify. Yay! And we're still on Apple and Podbean. So on to the latest news. Um, last two episodes we talk about coronavirus and it seems since then this virus has spread. Mm. It's become, now it's become a global um, epidemic and it's currently about an hour away from us in manchester yes your home ends <laughs> so we thought why not talk about something that is seems to be quite you know it's a trending topic everyone's you know panic buying everyone's panicking about how it's going to affect their health and some people are unbothered and are booking holidays to italy france germany on the cheap <laughs> on the cheap not gonna lie i was tempted to but my health is more important so we thought, you know, let's talk about it. So first of all, we're just going to talk a bit about current stats for coronavirus and um, how many people are affected worldwide, as well as how many people are currently affected in the UK. Then we're going to also take a look at kind of the craziest reactions because listening to the news and seeing what's happening, you're just like, is this real? Like, is what's going on real? So we're just going to share some of the things we found funny and a bit sad as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to go on to the last topic, which is sort of hand washing, hand mm-hmm. hygiene and ways to reduce the spread of coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and just to note, um, at this time of recording, all the information we share is up to date at this point. Yes. But because this virus is just changing yeah. literally hour by hour. Yes. So, so by the time you hear this podcast, the data may be different. There may be more cases. There probably will be more cases. There probably will be more deaths. Mm. Um, and information in regards to hand hygiene will probably still be the same because it's important to wash your hands, folks. Save it, save it. It's right. <laughs> We're going to let them know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the information will definitely be different. I'm, I'm sure by tomorrow, there'll be more facts. There'll be different information yeah. about how many people have died. So... Onto the current facts. So I think in the UK, um, as of today being the 9th of March 2020, there is 319 people who have tested positive for coronavirus, mm-hmm. specifically COVID-19. And unfortunately, four people have died. All four people were sort of relatively elderly so 16 above mm. and it's been noted that they have had underlying medical health problems as well which is very important um in terms of understanding how this virus affects people you're more likely like we said in our previous episode yeah to be affected if you have an underlying health conditions and or are at the either side spectrum of age so very young and sort of quite elderly as well yeah and i think i mean i have noticed the news reporting that now because before they'll be like oh first uk um contacts of coronavirus whatever has died but it's like you need to know this background because you can't just say numbers without kind of qualifying it because i think that's contributing to the the sense in that sensualization yeah i can't say the word (laughs) sensationalization yes yeah definitely so true because when the virus did sort of when it started out in China and it was being reported, there's a lot of stuff about the media of, oh, so many, so many people, people have died. And even to this day, we've not really had in-depth sort of breakdown as to how many people have died. Yeah. How how many were of a specific age group? Mm. How many had certain health problems? Because this is all important. Yeah. Someone's got respiratory condition, COPD, asthma, whatever, they're more yeah. likely to 
they're more likely to um, struggle in, ter- in terms of recovery and trying to fight this virus rather than someone who's 21, fit and healthy, yeah. no previous medical history. Yeah. And what we have because of the, the media is basically, I wouldn't say overhyping it, but because the information is not accurate and succinct Mm. like what you need to know what you have is you have very healthy people who are kind of panicking Mm -hmm. and it's like okay you you might not need to panic as much but if you have like a young child or you have an elderly relative Relative, or you're in a job where you're in contact with susceptible people then okay i'd understand why you're worrying but there just seems to be this kind of mass panic yeah and i mean i kind of see where people are coming from because if you don't have any medical knowledge or you're you're easily driven by media i too would be panicking yeah um but it's getting to a point where i feel the media is driving it yeah and people are not really reading the facts and trying to read facts from fiction everyone's just looking at the numbers and like oh no so many people are getting this virus yeah but if you look at actually the full facts the amount of people that have been tested yeah and the amount of people who have been tested positive I mean, like, if you do quick quick maths, so four deaths out of 200 and something. I'm yeah, saying well, it's that's about 300 and something now. Yeah. So that's not even... Oof, I can't do the maths. That's like zero point something percent, I'm sure. I'm going to check on my calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just... Okay, flip. so let's do four to five, 300. I've got zero point zero point zero point zero one. Yeah, about zero point zero one. Yeah. So that's not that high. It's just that... And, yeah back in the days we we wouldn't have had access to such information all the time you'll watch the news you turn it off and you go to bed like even social media yeah let me go onto my twitter now and i'll read you all the um trending kind of hashtags coronavirus stuff so number one coronavirus cases in spain's grow number two fourth coronavirus death in the uk number three hashtag um panic buying uk number four crowds across the world oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but the top four are all to do with Coronavirus. coronavirus yeah and it's like, and there's still a, a couple more, three more after. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you're consuming that content day, day in, out. day out, minute after minute, obviously you're going to yeah. gonna get worried. And Sky News, BBC News, all these news outlets that do 24-hour news, yeah. that's their top trending topic. Yeah. All they're talking about is coronavirus. Mm. So it, it's everyone's talking about it. When you're on the streets, people are like, oh, don't hug me, don't shake my hand, coronavirus. Like, yeah. it's become the the talk of the 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 recent topic that everyone's talking about yeah it was brexit a few months ago now it's coronavirus and what's next <laughs> nobody knows yeah <laughs> so hopefully hopefully you know people start to realize that if they take the precautions they'll be all right and you know yeah know what to look out for don't be going on holiday to italy knowing that there's people are dying and the numbers are increased if you know it's cheap 200 pounds let me go and catch coronavirus. No, it should nah. be cheaper than two hundred pounds. No, fifty pounds. Yeah, to go catch coronavirus. It's much. That's true. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So please, guys, don't don't get lost in the the frenzy. Yeah, take social panic. media breaks as well. Yeah. Apart, apart from when you're listening to Simply Medics. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think next we were going to talk about the craziest reactions yes. to this virus. Um, what's the craziest thing you've seen so far so i was off twitter for a week yeah and then i came back on and then i saw a picture of a woman essentially she's on a bus in london and she has a bucket (laughs) over her head the scarf on the bucket so many questions 
like her MSE, so that's her mental state exam <laughs> from appearance is questionable because what what logical person empties whatever's in the bucket or buys a bucket, places it on their head on their head and gets on public transport. Is that logical? 100% not because she's probably still going to be touching things that people have sneezed on anyway so the whole whole issue doesn't yeah the whole thing is not making any sense and then you told me um, that people have been putting plastic bags around their head yeah I saw somewhere on social media that someone put a plastic bag on their head and I'm thinking again you people out here trying to increase the chance of suffocation and asphyxiation you're reducing the oxygen going into your, into your nose and your mouth by putting unnecessary things over your head ain't gonna protect you it's not going to protect you. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. People are weird. People. T- who does that? What is wrong with you? Listen, that and buying toilet paper in bulk. Yeah, so Australia. Oh, yeah. Australians buying toilet paper in bulk. That man have went through a lot, man, from the, the forest fires. And now these people are buying toilet paper in bulk. Did toilet- they actually run out of toilet yeah, paper? Yeah, like there was, there was, um, there was shelves and stocks. In, in stores and stuff where there was no more toilet paper because people were buying it in bulk all right um if anyone's listening to this and you know someone who's bought toilet paper in this panic you know panic buying or have done it then like if you've done it yourself i just want to know why same like the the only reason i could think that i told you earlier was that okay maybe you end up being like quarantined and you can't go to the shops but i'm just like mm. I don't know. How much toilet... How long do you think we're going to be quarantined for a whole year? That people need to be buying toilet paper, like they're buying toilet paper for a whole year. And then I showed you... I'm going to put this on our on our Instagram account. Um, so I went to do my food shop this morning. I'm not I'm not bulk buying anything. <laughs> I just needed a top of a few things. And as I'm walking towards the till, all the kind of 18 packs, 24 packs, 36 pack of toilet roll gone. gone. Completely gone. And I stood there for like two seconds and I was just like wow so people are really really panicking here it's ridiculous the same with the um, hand sanitizer yeah because now i think certain stores are starting to put a limit on how many you can buy yeah i think it's two you can only buy two in certain shops because people are buying hand sanitizer in bulk rather than buying soap soap to wash your hands with that works probably better than hand sanitizer people are out here buying lots and lots of hand sanitizer and face masks that don't work exactly yeah Ladies and gentlemen, there's different type of face masks. You have one ply, two ply, three ply, and then you have filtered face masks. Please don't go waste your money buying two ply and one ply face mask. I mean, they got the toilet roll. They can make (laughs) (laughs) they can make the old the toilet roll. (laughs) Use three ply toilet roll to make your own face mask. Please, we don't advocate that. We don't advise that. Maybe that's why they're buying the toilet roll. Yo. Listen, we're in 2020. Stop it. They're in 2015. <laughs> Stop it. That is right. You know, that's actually true. People, people, guys, please tell us what you're using the toilet roll for. Yeah, we really want. We're really curious. <laughs> we're really, really curious. But I heard um, Tesco has started like apart from the um, antibacterial hand wash, other things because people were bulk buying like pasta. Ah, oh, I saw the pasta one as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, pasta is a staple. It's a staple. It's the spot, you know. Yeah, a little good. bit of pesto, a little yeah. bit of tomato sauce. You can do lots of lots of pasta. A little bit of mac and cheese for you non-lactose tolerant people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the generation that lived in the war and on rations. Yeah. Are they still around? You probably, think? probably yeah. some still around. Yeah, some still kicking about. Yeah, they'll they'll know what to do. Exactly. We should ask them for advice. These lot, these lot are rookies. Very selfish. 
generation we live in. Yeah, we are. Very selfish. Everyone's thinking about themselves and not. Mm. And I think I read somewhere that someone was saying that people buying, panic buying things, actually, they're not thinking about families who can't afford to panic buy. Yeah. And they go to the stores and everything's run out. Or even the elderly or people who are sick. Mm. They enter the shops. Maybe that's the only time they can go to the shop. And everything they need is basically out of stock. Yeah. Because... Why all there with cupboards and cupboards of toilet roll? That you're probably not going to use within the next month and a bit. You're probably going to go through that toilet roll within two years with the amount amount people are buying. Mm. It's quite selfish, you know? It's quite, quite selfish. Yeah. We need to do better as a society. There's a lot this society um, needs to do better, but not today. (laughs) (laughs) Not today. Do you remember, actually, when we were in B&M on Friday and we're just looking and it goes, oh, you got... um, Andy back. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, it just came into stock this yeah. morning. But the one on the till, there was already two left in yeah. that box. Because I'm sure insane. it was a box of like yeah. eight. Yeah, it's insane. People are just panic buying for no absolute reason. Yeah. Um, Another crazy reaction. I'm trying to think. So it wasn't a reaction, but um, it's more kind of the, the thing I found interesting. And I want to ask you if you to do it, if you would <laughs> get oh, paid. Oh, is it the, I saw this. Yeah. Um, so get paid three thousand five hundred five hundred pounds to be infected with the virus to help with the development of a fac- of a vaccine. I mean, I mean, we've said you know it only affects young. I mean, no, it doesn't affect young, healthy people. Yeah, but then everyone thinks they're healthy till you get really ill, and then they now go find out that you have one underlying health condition that you never knew about. And then it was nice to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Would I willingly participate? For that, for 3,500. Think of the greater cause. What do we call that in PPV? The greater good. Utilitarianism. Utilitarianism. Yeah. Um, I like to think that, to think about the people and, you know, more about the greater good. But the, in this case, the greater good might harm me. And um, I could do more good if I was healthier. And alive. And alive. <laughs> and not ill with coronavirus. And the fact is, I don't even think they test on women. I think they should use men, don't they, for, for testings? Mm, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even think I'd be eligible. But if I was, I don't think I'd do it for 3500 You'd have to pay me more money than that. Yeah, that's 10 grand. Anything. Give me 10 grand. 10 grand or nothing. No, my life's not worth anything. <laughs> I am priceless. Oh, yes. yes. I'm nobody's lab rat. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I think, this actually is, puts the whole thing about ethics because if people if you're sending people to pay 3500 mm. to be tested people who are actually financially struggling that's what I was thinking will end up you know putting themselves forward yeah and volunteering to be used because that's what cheap money all you have to do is like be infected yeah. have this vaccine trialed out on you you get quarantined for what two three weeks you yeah. don't do anything you get fed yeah but no, nobody knows how they, no one knows like how the vaccine's gonna affect you. Yeah. Yada yada yada. Obviously before they get to that trial like, on humans, they try it on animals, they try it on cells, yeah. Stuff like that. But we, it's still quite brand new. You don't know how it's gonna affect you. Yeah. There does seem to be this pressure to develop a vaccine, which is it's very understandable. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't know is the process to develop any vaccine, any time. medication, it can take a minimum of ten years. Yeah. And people are saying, Well, let's be honest, the government's not doing anything. Besides the £46 million that they've invested to um, help research the coronavirus. Where did that money come from, Boris? Please answer our question. Thank you. 
Why didn't May know about the magic money tree, Boris? I think May did know about the magic money tree. Conspiracy, let's mm. say. Did she not give us at DUP some ridiculous amount of money? To save herself. Yeah. They still got rid of her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> so the money was there for their own agenda. Mm-mm. Typical Tories. Anyway, sidetrack. <laughs> sidetrack. Um, what were we actually saying? We were talking about what the government's doing and we're talking about how long it takes for vaccines to be made yeah so obviously there's different phases there's about four phases so you've already mentioned about the animals cells and then humans and then usually it's in fit humans but you want to develop a drug or a vaccine that that affects the people who are actually ill so you need to trial it in them and i'm just concerned that while the need for a vaccine is important is important and urgent that they're rushing a minimum 10-year process into what four three months yeah oh i'm worried about what will happen i'm worried about the ethics yeah dodgy ethics i mean in this day and age it's unlikely because of um of a of a different um ethical committees you have and all the ethical codes that are put in place Mm. different people from cutting corners but but you know how we talked about in the last episode how like britain are starting to cut corners with like training Mm. and stuff and obviously we're not really under eu kind of jurisdiction anymore don't know what could happen look who um our prime minister is so yikes yeah Yeah. good things take time to be developed but like you said we're a selfish generation we want things instantly and now let's say a vaccine gets developed and all of a sudden there's crazy complications they'll be like how can they release a virus like that i mean a, a vaccine, vaccine like that, that didn't yeah. they know and then it's like no because sometimes these things take years yeah. before they reveal themselves and even when they do create sort of vaccines or medication or whatever the side effects don't usually get known well the the, the really like sort of rare rare side effects don't get found out till after a few years actually yeah so, nobody knows and with viruses they mutate at quite a rapid rate that is true because that's why the the flu vaccine is different every yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes they even get they usually because I think with the flu vaccine they try and predict the strain that may happen. Mm. So then they create a vaccine that will cover that strain. But I think was well, I don't know if it was last year or the year before there was an issue where something went wrong. So the vaccine that they produced actually didn't cover that particular strain. So a lot of people ended up getting flu. That makes sense now. Mm. I got flu last year. Oh, did you? Remember, I was really ill. Oh. Like, I think I actually got a titus media. No, not media, oh but like, my I couldn't hear oh, for wow. a while. And it affected me for like two weeks. Wow. And I got my flu. No, I didn't get my flu vaccine, oh. actually. <coughs> Shouldn't have admitted that one. <laughs> I got it this year. So did I. But I got bullied into it. So, <sighs> so did I. Oh, I'm very consultant. Anyways, I digress. But yeah, so um, viruses, are they have this ability to just really... Um, mutate rapidly yeah so you know i mean bacteria also have the ability to mutate rapidly so you have to be careful new strains can be evolving yeah we don't we don't know the ins and outs of it this corona covid19 came out people were like we've never seen this strain before nobody knows where the strain comes from whether it's doctored in the lab or whether it's something that happened in nature Mm. so that's the issue with viruses yeah they're actually smarter than humans (laughs) Imagine, I, I can just see the coronavirus, yeah, laughing at us. <laughs> or do you think it's like a family of coronaviruses? Just like, look at these humans. <laughs> Weaklings. Panic buying. What are they, they going to do with toilet roll? <laughs> toilet roll and pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Have you found yourself behaving differently because of this virus? 
I won't say behaving differently, but I become a bit paranoid. Yeah. So I was telling you before that I was on the train coming back from home. Yeah. And I was sat on the train and then like I saw all these people with suitcases and I saw they had their tags because they've just come from the airport. Yeah. And I started thinking, I started looking at not gonna I started looking at tags to see whether or not any of them said Italy, yeah. France, Germany, places that like have quite high rates of coronavirus mm. and i was thinking if any of these men have been to these places and they have coronavirus i don't want to catch it yeah and then when i entered my house i was like i just want to disinfect my house. everything i want everything to be disinfected yeah so i do think i'm becoming more aware mm. of coronavirus uh, more aware of like my surroundings and making sure that i'm cleaning like everything yeah because you don't know other people's hygiene listen i do know that's why I clean everything <laughs> <laughs> because some people are not hygienic at uh-uh. all, but people are raised differently. Yeah, exactly. So rightly or wrongly. So exactly. But I found myself kind of um, being more hyper vigilant of other people's not behavior, but just like kind of normal practices that we do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you meet someone and you, you shake their hand. Yeah. I'd rather not right now. Um, like yesterday I was at church. They done communion. I didn't really participate in that because everybody be touching the bread yeah, touching that bread and then it was like instead of like the shot glasses of grape juice yeah. it was like from the chalice yeah that they just wiped down and i'm just like nah you're wiping down that virus all over the chalice yeah so i found my i found myself just more aware but like for me it's not like i'm doing anything that i wasn't yeah. doing before but we are we're ready <laughs> this hand washing thing is loading <laughs> Moya's ready to go in on the hand washing best, best or last best or last <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's, the funny thing was like, I, I had a session on Friday in the hospital and um, the lady who was like teaching us how to, was doing our induction. Yeah. And she was like, she was basically warning us when we do go on the wards not to shake patients' hands and stuff like that and trying to avoid personal contact as much as possible. Yeah. But it's difficult in healthcare because yeah. you do have to get in people's businesses. You have to examine people. Yeah. You have to take bloods. You have to insert cannulas. You have to do all sorts. Yeah. Although you you know, you know wear your your personal protective equipment and you wash your hands regularly, you still have to get in people's businesses. Mm. So it's tough. Oh yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about my my morning with the infection control nurse actually because oh, okay. I learned so much. So yeah, um, we went round the wards like um, AMU, A and E, mm. ITU, and everywhere she went, even though that wasn't really her her purpose for that day, everyone's like, so what's going on with coronavirus and stuff? And it's just crazy how um, you sent me an article today about how mm. we're running out of PPE. Oh yeah, so PPE so. stands for protective personal equipment, yeah. so that stuff like gloves aprons masks and um because anybody with a potential sniffle just upper respiratory tract infection symptoms because we don't know where this virus is you got kit up like Mm. completely and then we're going through so much and um it's not going to be replaced because it originally comes from china Mm-hmm. so we were setting up like trolleys and like all the different equipments and then she was i actually got to see how they swabbed people oh really not not an actual patient but like oh, i saw the um the kit. The, the kit they used to swab people it's it's huge it's like you know your beats headphones yeah, kind the of case. the case like it's wider than that oh wow and it's just like two two swabs and it gets shipped down to manchester oh. and it's so so it's, that's why it takes a long time for the testing yeah. results to come back so if you're positive you'll know within 24 hours but if you're negative they get back to you a bit later because yeah. you're not priority but it's just crazy how like it's affecting people in the hospital even though they're healthcare professionals mm. as well but it was interesting to learn that 
the hospital is preparing for I it. I think most hospitals are because I know I so far I've been to three hospitals within mm. this last week and I've seen coronavirus pods or yeah. references to coronavirus pods. Yeah. So hospitals seem to be doing to be doing stuff. I mean, I'm just worried that they're going to run out of equipment, like you're saying. Yeah. Run out of apron, run out of masks, run out of gloves. Yeah. And it's important that healthcare workers wear that because if they get ill, not only does that hit the workforce, mm. but they're looking after people who, people are, who are very vulnerable. Ill, yeah. And then you're just going to have the mortality rate skyrocket. Exactly. So... But where are you, Boris? We don't know. <laughs> Very silent. Well, he wasn't really silent. He did mention something recently on what was that? What's that TV show called? Uh, Good Morning Britain. Is it Good Morning Britain. Yeah. Oh, okay. He mentioned something about taking it on the chin, and basically from the clip that it sounds like he's saying that we should. He doesn't really have a solid plan. Like he's talking about, he's having a draconian plan for coronavirus, but just to watch how things pan out and let the virus take its course more or less. That's what I gathered. That's from my interpretation of the video. That's where a lot of the debate has has been. And one of the theories is that, you know, uh, perhaps you could sort of take it on the chin, take it all in one in one go and allow the disease, as it were, to, to move through the, the population. Uh, I without really taking as many draconian measures, I think we need to strike a balance. Do you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like that's what someone with some private healthcare insurance would say. Yeah. Take it on the chin. He should take it on his chin first and then we'll see how that pans (laughs) out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If you've not not gathered by now, I really don't like Boris Johnson. I think think most people... I think I've gathered... (laughs) Oh, the guy is so... He's so calculating. Yeah, he is. He is. We he see is. you. We can see right through you, mate. There was actually mentioned... The government is trying to... Um, they are trying to sort of do stuff. I mean, they, they did sort sort of like trying to inject money with this £46 million pounds that they're going to try and inject for coronavirus mm. research. And there's plans. There's been plans to bring back retired doctors and nurses into the healthcare um, workforce to mm. help combat this. Personally, I'm against it. You know, like, people in their 60s, 70s, they should be avoiding people who are vulnerable and ill at all costs. Yeah. And like I was saying before, people, if you're going to get retired staff to come in, by the time they might do the induction and go through the tra- the computer training. <laughs> <laughs> the NHS is not the same NHS that they were working in. Oh, Lord. It really isn't. Yeah. I mean, the article did say that they're going to use staff who've been retired about one, two, well, about a year or two, three years so mm. they've been retired maximum like three four years it's still quite rusty but still, exactly and the thing is med- medicine is always changing mm. um guidelines are always being produced things are always coming out like i i follow a lot of um i subscribe to a lot of different um male like medical male stuff yeah so every every month or two i get updates about whether it's new asthma guidelines updates about whether there's always new asthma guidelines <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. always new asthma COPD guidelines <laughs> so whether there's new guidelines i'm get an email update and i mm. quickly have a brief glance at it just yeah. so I'm like i'm up to date with what's happening in the medical profession yeah because if you don't you will get inundated eventually you realize that your medical knowledge has run is out of date yeah. real quick and there's even a potential for difficulty kind of assimilating back into the workforce yeah, the when you've been changing. yeah when you've been out of it and everybody's kind of adopted this new up-to-date yeah. way of working but like i know quite a lot of the old nurses i find it quite cute they just kind of do things their way but yeah. when you're working within a team it doesn't really run like, like that. that exactly so 
exactly so it's difficult i mean I, yeah it sounds, it sounds on the surface it sounds like an alright idea but logistically i don't think it'll work yeah and i don't think people who are retired will want to come out of their retirement to be put back in a workforce that's under underpaid overworked what was that tweet you, you just showed me about oh. the um somebody who was like 67 or 70 something and they oh, were like yes yeah so they had like a very interesting reaction to being called back <laughs> yes. to work for the NHS. So this was a 67-year-old former staff nurse from Manchester. And when she was asked about coming back to sort of join the workforce to help combat this whole coronavirus, she said, after the way I was treated, I would rather shove a rusty six-inch nail up my backside than return to my old job. Wow. So um, it seems that People are not entirely happy by the government's <laughs> plans to bring them out of retirement to work again. And to be honest, that's not the only idea I've heard the government propose. The uh, don't forget about the final medical Exactly, students. that's what I was to say. There's yeah. a proposition to, uh, funny, to get final year medical students to sort of in, um, increase the, um, what they can do on the wards to help with coronavirus, mm. sort of help reduce the workload a bit. And also for F1s and F, I think it's, for, it's more foundation doctors, but more particularly for, for foundation doctors in their first year mm. to have increased abilities to a certain extent so that, again, can reduce the workload a bit. So you've been called to serve? Um, not going to lie, I'm not getting paid still. <laughs> it's true. Like, I'm actually paying nine grand a year and internationals yeah. are paying more than that. It's just another example of how they're trying to, like, shortcut... Exactly. ...like, staff and increasing the workload of people who aren't technically really qualified yet. Yeah. It's actually so dangerous. It's very dangerous. Like, although you would expect a family medical student to know stuff that a junior doctor would know... Yeah. ...because, what, let's say we're in March... You start working. We start working in August. Yeah. So, that's what, like, what's four, five months' time... You'd expect us to have knowledge that, you know, when we start work, we'll be able to work. Mm. But I ain't finished. I've still got three months left of knowledge to acquire. Yeah. I've still got stuff that I need to get signed off to show that I'm fully competent. Mm. So at this moment in time, as we're talking, I'm not that competent. I need to be supervised for quite a lot of things. Yeah. Please don't ask me to be doing more than I need to be doing. Mm. Firstly, you ain't paying me money for that. Secondly, I don't feel ready for that. So back to the drawing board exactly we need better plans and another thing that i wanted to raise up about you know sounds like we're berating the government we're not berating the government we just want more things to be done is people are landing from Mm. countries where coronavirus is prevalent and then nothing has been happening at these airports not not a single screening nothing so tony's just had a a grand old time in milan (laughs) yeah He's flown back with EasyJet because Flybe went into administration. <laughs> landed in Gatwick, jumped on the Gatwick Express, got the Victoria Line to somewhere. It's spread already. Exactly. Like, I don't know though, because I know with Ebola, when people are arriving at places, um, they would do temperature checks. Yeah. But because it takes about 14 days before you yeah. get any symptoms, I can understand why maybe yeah. it's not really... It's not been a priority. But is it not too radical to, like, basically um isolate or quarantine everyone who's arrived from italy for 14 days well they did initially start when um it started quarantine people from china didn't they mm. so they put them on that sort of like it's in an army base somewhere somewhere a bit remote um and quarantine for 14 days and then afterwards they told them to go home but i think it's getting to the point where it's not only affecting china it's affecting so many different countries mm. that it's going to be 
virtually impossible to quarantine every single person that lands on a plane from that country. Okay, everybody. <laughs> Nobody is leaving the airport for the next 14 days. They just stay in the airport <laughs> and just sleep on the floor. <laughs> so, they can all just um, inhale each other's droplets. Ugh. Um, yeah, so it's virtually going to be impossible. But because I've traveled to Ghana a bit and I traveled during the Ebola crisis, and I think I've talked about it before, mm. that when you land in the airport, even to this day, even though Ebola is no longer sort of a big deal in West Africa, mm. um, I mean, I think it's still prevalent in Sierra Leone, but it's not like how it was when we were going through the, the crisis a few years ago. When you still land in Ghana till this day, you have screening when you you're you, you you're going leaving the airport. Ebola never went into Ghana, did no, it? No, it never went. Yeah, yeah but. Obviously, because it started affecting West Africa, right? yeah. affecting Nigeria, so really, we were like, hey, yeah. let's not. But even, I know in, in Ghana, and I know, so also in some Nigerian airports as well, I think the majority of Nigerian airports, international airports anyways, people do get screened. Yeah. They do the thermal the thermal imaging uh, okay. to look for temperature. And then I did see somewhere on social media that in a particular airport in Nigeria, I forgot which airport it was, they were asking people whether they've travelled to a country where coronavirus is um was prevalent mm. and they had them feeling like a, a card or something yeah i mean like i said before they had work experience with ebola so yeah. what's what's coronavirus exactly. today honestly the, the amount of that with hem- hemorrhagic fever that and, everybody was mm. getting and there's, there's only what at, at present two cases yeah, Nigeria. So another thing i wanted to pick up on was how the news reports oh. about it was just it was just really like so anti-black yeah i wouldn't say smelly but something more <laughs> articulate it was just like oh we're surprised that um coronavirus is not hit or affected africa yet and it's just like it wasn't like a oh wow it was like a oh wow i thought they would be affected the exactly. tone exactly and it's just like mm. uh i don't know, condescending yeah is that the word yeah, that's the word condescending mm. it was just like i think i saw like someone retweet or, or talk about like oh it's not about race or whatever it's just that with the kind of struggles and stuff that um they have in africa no, you'd the expect infrastructure. It, the infrastructure the infrastructure but you, we have infrastructure in london we have infrastructure in the uk italy has infrastructure no no no. china has infrastructure they built a hospital yeah it's true so it was just very condescending like you ex- you expect africa mm. just because the western world is affected yeah and like we always say, if this virus broke out and only affected Africa, you would not hear about it till this extent no. in the news. No, you wouldn't. And if it was only contained in Africa, if mm. it started to spread, that's, that's the whole thing about Ebola, wasn't it? it? It was talked about, but it wasn't that, it wasn't constantly being talked about mm. till people started, foreigners started getting affected. Yeah. And there was a possibility that it could affect people in other countries. Yeah. That's when it became an issue of let's help fight Ebola. Mm. The West only cares about West. Like, unfortunately that's the reality of it mm. it's just it's not funny it's just strange to see the reversal of how like is this is this what it's like for you know when africans are kind of affected by something and just like right what's going on yeah. but now it's the other the other way yeah the shoes on the other foot yes they must just be looking and be like oh should we should we start a concert and raise some funds <laughs> for them <laughs> oh snap <laughs> That's why I don't like Bob Geldof and them, man. Oh, yeah. When did that, was it, Save the World? What that Christmas. I, I think I said it before. There's a lyric. It goes, and there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. Oh, swear <laughs> down. <laughs> a hot climate. <laughs> I'm actually finished. And then it's the way, like, the music video, you see their faces, they're, they're very hurt that there won't be snow in Africa <laughs> this Christmas time. <laughs> 
and it's like feed the world let them know it's christmas like obviously it was at a time when there was i I can't remember it was was in somalia there was a really really big famine but it's just like oh i don't know yeah it's it's a whole kind of like white savior complex kind of thing turn up in their land rovers and their humvees yeah i have to save the starving african children yeah but there's a lot to unpack with that episode well, that episode is going to be episode. I oh, guess, then. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, that was a big sidetrack from coronavirus. Yeah, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's the way it goes, isn't it? Okay, so finally, the last thing we want to talk about for coronavirus is the importance of hand hygiene mm. and why hand hygiene can prevent you and your loved ones from being susceptible to coronavirus oh i got a story actually about the history of hand hygiene yes uh let me just bring it up um apologies for any hungarians listening i will i will try my best with the pronunciation so there was this um this scientist oh no this doctor who works in vienna called ignaz Semmelweis and he's known as the father of hand hygiene and he noticed that um, there were units where pregnant women were looked after by doctors and a unit where pregnant women were looked after by midwives but the ones looked after by doctors and medical students seemed to die of infections more Mm. and then he thought okay these people coming straight from autopsy to like the delivery wards Mm -hmm. and they're not washing their hands in between whereas obviously yeah that's just quite strange like autopsy to to you know delivery suite but hey i didn't know what runs what ran in the 1800s so true whereas obviously the midwives they're just there on the delivery yeah. ward so he tried to implement it but the doctors were very hard-headed like no um we're not going to how dare you blah 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 and then fast forward a couple years later there's florence nightingale and she works in a war hospital and what you have is um she was insistent and made like everyone washed their hands Mm -hmm. and the rate of infection went down but it never really was implemented until fast forward like 140 something odd years later in the 1980s there was a foodborne outbreak and healthcare associated infections so the kind of like uh what you call like public health england here for Mm -hmm. america they kind of looked into the importance of hand hygiene and they proper enforced it and that's 1980s which is really 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 recent Mm -hmm. and then ever since then the importance of it has gone down with where there's been a lot of infections and stuff before i know even like for our kind of trust someone was saying mrsa was so high before they implemented um, hand hygiene. hygiene and the cases have gone absolutely down and i think um, I've listened to I listen to a lot of talk radio and people calling up and they're like oh but washing your hands isn't going to do anything um, it does and then I came to the revelation that so if there was no coronavirus people would not be washing their hands the thought of it disgusts me like you go to Nando's yeah and there's that sink where you can wash your mm-hmm, hands mm-hmm. but I don't see many people actually use it Mm-mm. they just tuck into their peri-peri salted chips mm. pick up those hot spicy wings you know and eat it yep without washing their hands without even a second thought it's funny because like I had, I went to a Ghanaian restaurant the other day and I clocked like in our culture we wash our hands before we eat a lot of meals oh my gosh yeah because you know like the bowl of yeah, water. Yeah, bowl of water. Like, if you get a visitor, I don't know about in my house, or if you get a visitor, my mum would be like, Emanuela, go get a bowl of water and salt for them to yeah. wash their hands before they eat and after they eat. Yeah. So now, culture, hand washing is a big thing. Like, yeah. You you wash your hands before and after a meal. Yeah. Um, 
even if people you don't get the bowl of water you see people just dash to the kitchen before they sit down and eat a meal yeah and it's just weird to think that people are simple hand washing how long does it take to wash your hands less than a minute apparently happy birthday twice yeah yeah less than a minute to wash your hands and you're there complaining making a hoo-ha Oh no! I didn't even clock about that because we call it in my, in my language. You call it omishawa, but yeah, I didn't even clock that. Yeah, like we always we, we hand washing is such a big thing in our cultures. Mm. Even even though people are like, oh, even in villages when they don't have a lot of water, people have to go fetch water from five places. They'll wash their hands before they eat food. Yeah. They'll wash their hands when they go to the toilet and come back. Maybe that's why it's not affected Africa that much because we wash our hands. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they could be underreporting as well. Oh, that's that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. But hand washing is very... It's it's like... When I read on Twitter that someone said, you people are lying. You can't possibly wash your hands every time you go to the toilet unless you go for, like, a number two in your house. Wait, so people don't wash their hands after they pee? Yeah. Oh, no. And I, I couldn't fathom that because it's like... It's not even something I have to think about. It's just... It's just done. I've come out, my hands are clean. Oh. My hands have been washed. Yeah. It's just it's second nature, isn't it, really, to wash your hands after you use the toilet. So I think with this whole coronavirus thing, that kind of revelation of other people's hygiene has really shocked me. Because mm-hmm. not everyone is like me. Mm. And it's filthy. Very filthy. Yeah. And the thing about washing your hands that people don't understand is the virus, so the virus has a lipid bilayer, mm. right? And this lipid bilayer can be broken down with thorough hand washing with soap, and water water alone will do nothing mm. the importance is the soap what the soap does is the soap basically it breaks the bonds it breaks like the non-convenient bonds between the lipid bilayer and mm. other parts of the virus like the, the dna structures um all the other proteins that that's involved in the virus wash if you wash your hands appropriately with water the friction that you're using to wash your hands mm. in addition to the water and the warm the warm water and the soap helps break down that bilayer and it'll help the, the virus to disintegrate. Yeah. The thing is, the thing about viruses is they can't survive without a host. Yeah. So if you wash your hands thoroughly, no matter where you've touched, wherever you've got that virus from, as long as you've not inhaled it in yet through air droplets, yeah. you, are, you are preventing yourself from getting it. Yeah. Because if you've not washed your hands and you've got, you know, some of the virus in your hands, you touch your face, you touch your mouth, mm. that's it. Just touch your nose got a nice mucous membrane to attach onto next minute it's entered your cells it's replicating and now you have coronavirus yeah and it's just that simple and obviously we, we, we were talking about vaccines before and how everybody i think this is just general health people mm-hmm. want a very quick fix wait what hand washing it is a quick fix exactly like i always think when it comes to like exercise and weight there's there is a lot of complexity regarding that but one of the key things is diet and exercise Exercise. but that takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort Mm. it takes a lot of motivation and persistence so people would rather like pop a pill as well yeah pop a pill maybe have surgery which is their which is their own you know decision but sometimes the basics people don't really like the basics i no. feel like they turn their nose up at the basics yeah, they want something more complex yeah and actually prevention is better than cure mm. i would rather you know ha- take the personal steps hand washing cleaning things properly disinfecting things properly mm. than being like oh i wait for a vaccine yeah. i'd rather not i'd rather not so like as you're listening to this right now you yeah you when was the last time you washed your hands i'm actually challenging you right now did you wash it after you went to the loo? If you didn't, maybe that's telling you something about your hygiene. 
Did you wash it before you're eating that, that packet of crisp? Oh. Well, that subway that you're talking into right now, did you wash your hands before then? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's going to take a conscious effort yeah. for people to... Wash their hands. To wash it. Like, I, I can't even count how many times I do it a day. Yeah. Even, like, I have... I usually have in each bag of mine hand sanitizer. I try to have hand sanitizer in every bag of mine. Yeah. Because sometimes when you're out and you sneeze... Yeah. I, I'm, the first thing I do when I sneeze is I look to see whether I have hand sanitizer. If not, I ask someone, do you have, ha- like, antibacterial so I can wash my hands with it? Yeah. So it's, like, it's one of those things that you, you become second nature. Yeah. It takes 21 days to start a habit. Yeah. Start today now. If if this if this has really affected your heart, <laughs> start <laughs> today. <touched> <laughs> yeah. Start today. Yeah. But, yes, thank you very much for listening to our latest episode. Um, we hope we've been able to kind of update you, share some funny stories, funny reactions. Yes. And don't be scared, guys. Listen. Yeah. There are so many diseases out there in the world. Coronavirus is just one of those things that is, we're going to hear about it for about the next few months. And then we're not going to hear about it again. Yeah. So these things come and go, but take the appropriate measures, like we said before. Hand hygiene super important. Um, cover your nose when you sneeze and cough in public. And if you've been to any country where coronavirus is currently on the rise, please self-isolate yourself for 14 days and call NHS 111 for further advice. Right. I hope you have a lovely day and a lovely week. Yes. So you can hear us on Spotify, Apple Music and Podbean. You can also find our socials, Instagram at Simply Medics. And if you're interested in um, anything you want us to talk about or have any questions, drop us an email at simplymedics at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy your week.